rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Alberto Calderon. Thank you for being here. And I am joined again by our good friends, Arsu Amin of Space Waffles, and my friend Andres from 60 Minutes. How are you guys doing on this Star Wars Saturday? We always call it Star Wars Saturday, even if it's DC fandom. We know a lot of great stuff just dropped. Thank you, the Batman, for coming right before we start so I can watch that. <laughs> but how are you guys doing today, this week, everything? How are you guys doing? Doing okay. <laughs> Got back from New York Comic Con yeah. Monday, threw my whole week off, so just catching up today. Fair. I'm I'm also doing well. I feel very much um I just finished a, a move. Well, I'm not quite done, as mm -hmm. folks may or may not be able to tell. Um, but I feel very like Death Star 2. The super <laughs> weapon is operational, like I can play video games and I can watch TV and sleep, but you know. Parts of the station are just like, don't go there. Yeah, it's, it's there's no life support there. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't the look doesn't matter. As long as as long as it's working, you're fine. The look That's right. eh, you can That's right. yeah, like my hair today. I don't know. I yeah. usually have a hat on. I don't have one today because I had a haircut recently and it's you whatever. Show it off. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You I paid good it, money. Uh actually my wife does my hair, so well then you paid you more money. Show off her handiwork. <laughs> I know. I mean yeah. You it's spent great. entire years of your life to get to, to haircut level. Like you had to <laughs> unlock that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's good having someone that can cut your hair and you're okay with what they do, especially with all this COVID stuff that people didn't go for two years to get a haircut. I was fine. I did it in my bathroom for 20 minutes or whatever. So, all right. So we're not here to talk about my hair. There's a lot of great hair in Star Wars. We should do another an episode just on, on Star Wars hair. Oh, Cameron's nice hair. And oh. I think that's, that's the yeah. beginning yes, I of the show. We did it. We already talked about it. Prodamon wins. Um, but yeah, so also before we start, because today we're talking Star Wars villains, iconic villains are there, but you mentioned you were in New York Comic Con this past weekend. How was that experience? Like, have you been there before? And what? how was it this, this time? So I hadn't been to New York Comic Con before. I actually never traveled for a con before. I've only ever been mm -hmm. to the one here in Toronto, which is like, it's great, but it's much smaller than, than mm -hmm. the cons in the States. And... So yeah, it was my first time. It was apparently much smaller and different than it usually is. That said, it was pretty cool. Uh, I was there with a couple of other people mm -hmm. from Star Wars Twitter. <laughs> Maggie was one of them. Yeah. Um, Brad Whipple another. And we we met Charles Soule because he was there. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. And yeah, we got to we got to see some Star Trek stuff, which I know isn't Star Wars, but still. still love Star Trek in this house. Yeah. So. Got to see some Star Trek stuff, and yeah, it was overall a really good experience, and I will definitely go back. <laughs> yeah, I, obviously, I haven't gone to New York Comic Con or San Diego. I've been to a few in Puerto Rico that they went when I was there, nothing as big as those. And even though it's still a limited size and fandom back then, I don't know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, it's not what it is now. Still a cool experience. Just seeing people dressed up is just worth a price admission. Oh, it was um, great. The cosplay was awesome. Yeah. People like really went all out. <laughs> and Andres, not to be left out, you were in New York Comic Con, but you went to Galaxy's Edge this past week or the week before. You uh, kind of yeah. went on Twitter a little bit about it. How was that? Because I no, go ahead first, then I'll, I'll, I'll talk. <laughs> uh, basically, all of my dreams came true. Um, 
I happened to be the, in Florida for a wedding and basically the day after um, we lucked out that an event we were going to try and go to just didn't pan out. So we happened to be in Lakeland. I was like, oh, that's like 40 minutes away. We could totally do this drive. We have a rental. It's good. Um, so we just ran off and uh, it was it was just incredible. Like I literally um, when Galaxy's Edge first opened, I was actually moving out to Colorado um, so I told myself, I, I don't have the money to spend right now, so I just won't go. And then, of course, pandemic, everything else. Yeah. So went went to just Rise of the Resistance. That's all we really had time for. And then uh, Doc Ondar's bought, bought Kylo Ren's lightsaber, which, you know, we'll, we'll bring up for the baddies later. But uh, <laughs> it, she is here. Um, and ate food. Just ate incredible Star Wars food. <laughs> I already have the cookbook at home, so I'm, like, more inspired to go through it. Um, now and like finish out the recipes I haven't learned, but it's really wild how immersive it is and just how I kind of kept forgetting that it was just like a, a Disney property. Like people, the first time someone said bright suns to me, I literally like just kind of spazzed out. I was like, I don't, I, I know hello is inappropriate, but I, I just, I just want a Ronto rap. Like, so. so that was me when I went, I knew I gotta do bright suns and I forget the one for when you're leaving if it's a little bit dark or something. Kill this fire. The there you go. So, and then when you're, when it's dark, Kill this fire. Yeah. Rising moon. So I was the one every time I was gonna buy something. I was like, oh, to the spires or whatever. And it's like, hey, okay, just here's your coke and shut up. So I was <laughs> lucky enough that I've I've went this past summer. I went over there, didn't go as planned. I was supposed to go with my daughter. She got sick on a drive there, but I went and enjoyed every second that I was there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, my daughter's sick. That's fine. I gotta go to Star Wars. Sure. You're fine. You're my with my daughter and my mother-in-law and your I brother. Mean, you're fine. For the amount of money it takes to be in that land, yeah, sorry. There, so, there's a threshold. Yes, because her ticket, I okay, that's gone. That's 115 bucks or whatever. And we had got her gotten her for the droid build um experience. You can see back there the little droid that I built for her. And I said, I tried to cancel it when I, we drove like 30 minutes, she got sick, couldn't make it. I wasn't gonna force her to drive two hours and then be in the hot Florida sun for five hours. Okay, we'll go back. But I I'm gonna miss if I can, I can cancel that droid bill because that's a hundred bucks. And yeah, your wait time is two hours. And I'm not gonna make it. So I just got on the car, drove, but I couldn't get to Rise of the Resistance. So how was that? Because I've heard that if you go, you gotta make sure that you get on it. I unfortunately couldn't make it, but worth it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's, it's extremely immersive and, you know, there's, if you've seen any of the behind the scenes or mm -hmm. like documentaries around it, it's a ride that has three ride systems in it. And as you transition between them, like there is inherently waiting time to like get the mm -hmm. vehicles, get everyone prep, line them up and then put them in whatever you're doing next. Um, so they literally turn that into like a cosplaying opportunity. Oh, wow. so oh, amazing. Yeah, so it's like it's while you're like, you know, in a transport, something else is happening, but you're like, you're surrounded by an animatronic Mon Calamari and you're like, okay, like, <laughs> I, I know that I will be here for a few minutes, but that's fine. I'm literally surrounded by Star Wars buttons and like a Mon Calamari looking at me all like, I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's it's pretty wild. Like there was um in our group, there was a, a little girl who like when the doors opened and you get to see uh, like the the iconic shot of like all these stormtroopers like mm -hmm. looking at you. The girl just kind of started like running, and an employee who was 
cosplaying essentially as a first order officer like legit stopped her and was like oh where are you going like we have to process you first and just like <laughs> the way she played it the kid was just like okay and like backing up um and you know as they're processing you you're realizing like oh they're queuing us up for yeah <laughs> whatever's gonna come next um but it's it's just so impressively done um that you just can't help but like find yourself in it i thought i was going to try and take photos throughout it because i'm like there's going to be cool mm -hmm. star wars stuff to take photos of and after the first three minutes i just turned off my camera and, and like put it back in the backpack i was like this yeah you just you can't take it in fast enough so then you're just like i just have to experience it like there's <laughs> nothing else i can do in this moment yeah that was me i was able to do the the smugglers run in the Millennium Falcon. Okay, I'm gonna take all these pictures. So I see people sitting at the table. I'm gonna do all this. And no, you're, okay, come on, we gotta get through. And, ah, screw it. Okay, we gotta go and be an engineer. <laughs> but I'm glad that you had that experience. For me, I don't know how full it was when you went. Since I went on a Sunday, middle of summer, it was packed. So even though I knew I was in Star Wars, then it still felt like a Disney kind of park that I was still kind of, I wasn't 100% immersed in, in it, but I did love everything that I saw. And you did mention you get your, got your Kylo Ren lightsaber, I got my Dooku one there. Also, I know it's not Star Wars land, but you meant, you just got a lightsaber. Someone yeah. sent you an extremely cool lightsaber. Yeah. Stellan Geos, it's Stellan. a 3D printed Stellan Geos lightsaber oh. that my best friend sent me for my birthday. <laughs> and I love it so, so much because like, <laughs> Stellan Geos' lightsaber is like a hybrid of Obi-Wan's lightsaber mm. and Kylo Ren's lightsaber all in one. And yeah. I guess the, the legacy saber too. So it's all my favorite characters, Rey, <laughs> Kylo, Obi-Wan, all rolled into nice one lightsaber for my favorite High Republic character, mm -hmm. who isn't Martian. So, <laughs> I mean, let's be clear, Martian exists in a category on his own. Yeah. But, but yeah, so it was pretty. Right. It was, so it was a surprise. But, yeah. uh, I I'm going to get it. If, if it's next week or by Christmas, I think I'm going to get it. I went to to that 3D printer shop on Etsy. They got some great lightsabers. They're very decent price. You can build them, you put them together yourself or they come already built with some very cool mounts. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you're gonna get it because yeah, this time Geos lightsaber just looks amazing. So I might copy you and have it next time or something. So yeah. We all, we all gotta do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, so before we get started with our news topic, let's say hi to a few friends. Our friend Tony, Mr. Rest is here talking about his favorite subjects, villains. Our friend Mo, how you doing, Mo? What's up, family? She sent us a couple of questions. One question for our Rebel Thoughts today, not a question as to say, her favorite villains that we should talk about them as we go through today. And then also our friend Amy Guerra. Hey, y'all, I'm fresh up DC fandom for the past four hours, and it was awesome, but I need to get back to my Star Wars comfort zone. That's what we're here for. So let's do it. So if you guys are ready, I'm now I'm ready. Let's talk Star Wars and Star Wars news. Star Wars news. So yes, like I think I said every week, Star Wars news right now is pretty, it's kind of low. There's not a lot of official news out there, but we did get, and I can't believe I didn't make a little uh, little thing down there for this main news topic, but it doesn't matter. We got, it was released, I believe on Tuesday, the new novel, Ronin, which follows the, the duel from Visions written by Emma Candon, I believe I, man, I, Kick me out because I don't have my notes ready. But so Ronin, <laughs> I know it's, I don't know who I can blame. I know it's not like I've been doing this for almost two years. I thought it was going to be on that picture that I posted. I guess it just caught under her name. 
So I, it is I just, yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you, Arthur. Okay. So the, the duo was the first short from Visions, one of the ones that was used for most of the promotions and is on the top of most people list at this top three. For me, it was my fourth favorite, I think, of the Visions episode. But the concept is great. The characters are awesome. Then they got their own novel. Who cares if it's canon or not? It's a great story out there that needed to be told. Uh, so my, I haven't gotten it yet. I'll get it eventually. But my question for you guys, let's start with you, Arsu. Did you read Ronin already? And just a quick non-spoiler kind of, not review, but what you can say out there. Yeah. So I did read Ronin. And um, the world that Emma has built is so fascinating because it's the concepts are familiar you know you hear the words jedi sith the forest kyber but the way they're kind of laid out is so different from any other star wars story being told that i'm almost like you could change these names these concepts and have this be a completely original sci-fi concept like that's how we felt but that's like not a bad thing yeah i don't think because you know if they want to take this fresh approach into Star Wars and this new way of looking at the light and the dark and the Sith and the Jedi and all of that, then this is definitely the way to do it is in, in something like Ronin. So I would say if you haven't read it yet, just go in with no expectation, go in treating it almost like completely un Star Wars sure. sci-fi and just kind of let it take you. Cool. Have you, do you have it, Andres? Um, no, it is on its way. Okay. Uh, Cause I have gotten the, the Goldsboro edition. Um, I had pre-ordered it on a whim and before visions had like dropped and then I am in love with the duel. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, for me, I am in love with the phrase on the back of the, uh, the book. Um, I believe it revolves around like no longer, I no longer yield to like the Jedi, the Lords of the Jedi. Um, I, and something about like not turning his back on his people anymore. Um, I don't know who says it. I don't know. It's just okay. like written on the back of the picture of the book. Um, and for me, that just like really resonates with me. I, I don't know why, but it just sounds like a quote from someone who's just like been out there, seen, seen the world mm -hmm. and then decides like, okay, I know that turn, like I know that turning towards my people will come off as being evil, but so be it like to have, that line like the line about his people so close to no longer yielding to the jedi or like following their lords um yeah just as as we normally understand star wars i was like okay that's a pretty <laughs> interesting view it's it's very ahsoka ish in that sense of like if turning back on y'all is bad then i i guess i'm bad but like i need <laughs> to turn in this direction I'll get it eventually. Again, everything I've heard about it, it's just great. People are just raving about Emma's work, Ronin, the, all the characters and the themes inside them. So I'll get it eventually and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth. So Ronin, if you guys haven't gotten it yet, it's out there, um, get it. Um, and I guess they talked about it a little bit in a few weeks ago, how important it is to pre-order books, especially now because a lot of them are kind of, if you don't, there are not enough orders out there, they get delayed. So Go ahead, pre-order pre -order all those books that you want to read from your favorite authors, and it helps everyone. So yeah, Ronin, make sure to go catch it. And just real quick, because I'm not very versed in everything that's happened, but there is a big writer's strike out there. AATSE, I believe, is the no, it's people not writers, doing. It's the production crew. Mm -hmm. Thank so you, production. Anybody who works on set uh, right. who isn't covered by a different union, like the Director's Guild or something. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you. Again, this is why I don't cover this because I'm not into this. But I what I do, kind of stuff. yes. So thank, I, thank you for being here. And Andres, I know you deal with all the politics stuff, so maybe you also have something to say about it. But the main thing, even if you don't know what the strike is about, it's about people asking for a better way of life. If you don't get paid enough, your working condition sucks, and I've never been on a set or anything like that, but if you watch all the behind the scenes, you know how difficult it is for everyone involved and how important people say, stay for the credit. So you know everyone that worked on these movies and TV shows, and if they're saying that their working conditions are not the best, that there are issues working 12-hour days, 14-hour days, no sleep, driving home basically like under the influence or for other people that go out there drinking and going out, you're putting your life and others in, into trouble. So yes, we're all for it. Star Wars TV shows and movies, they can wait. It doesn't matter. Make sure everyone, especially now, we all are going through this. We all want to be kind of considered as human beings, not just employees. We've all been there. so. Give your support to them. So real quick, if you guys want to mention anything, if not, we'll, we'll move along. Yeah, just support asking what they're asking for. You know, 16-hour days and no mm -hmm. break becoming the norm. They are the first ones in and the last ones out. Yeah. So they absolutely deserve what they are asking for. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yes. Yeah. And when you think of things that you've seen, and the work that goes into creating it. Like uh -huh. I think of in Game of Thrones, they had that the Battle of Winterfell. They legit shot it all at night. So it's like, this is pretty bonkers work in the sense that like to get some of these shots for the media that we consume, like you have to be either at night or doing something crazy or build an entire set. Like this is not easy work. Um, the TV makes it look easy and like, oh yeah, it's just 30 minutes. Like that's one episode. Yeah. How hard can it be? But like, we have no idea. And they're simply asking to be treated like humans instead of like, you know, house elves in like a castle. That's magical. Cause yeah. I don't like, I don't like that Potter universe, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like those, it's like being a bunch of Dobbies and it's like they're, they're people, they're actual people. Yeah. They're yeah. Like I, I've mentioned it on Twitter, but one of my first film jobs, it was an indie movie, nice set, nice people working there, but we had one week of night shoots. So that's five working days of night shoots, which means the people working there are working 16 hours straight. Their days and nights are flipped around. And it got to the point where me and one of the other crew members would just sneak off into the stairwell to take a nap <laughs> against the wall because, you know, by day four, you're running purely on caffeine and adrenaline. So it's the job. Everybody knows it's the job. But if you're going to do that kind of work, you should be fairly compensated. Yeah. I mean, still, I work eight hour days, mostly in an office. And by hour four, I'm like, OK, when do I go, go to lunch? So yes. So we're all in favor of what they're asking. Better working conditions. Who's, who, who's not in favor of this? So, and I saw someone post on Twitter, all those great movies and TV shows from DC fandom. A lot of these people are going to go on strike soon. So. Everything you're cheering now, cheer for them when they're asking for everything they're asking. So go ahead. All right. So before we continue, let's say hi to a few more people. Our friend Dale is here. Hello there. Yeah, Dale Earthman, General Dale. How are you doing? Our friend Roberto Venegas with his General Kenobi response to Dale. And also friend Blue Milk Mama is here. Hi, everyone. What a wretched hi. What's common, villain? It will take that as a compliment. <laughs> and she says, Ronan is just a lovely red so far. The prose is just amazing. 
and Amy ads definitely support the AIATSE workers. I don't want to consume media made on the backs of people working in terrible conditions. I get me. Talking Star Wars, and we know there's politics in Star Wars, right, Andres? So That's we got right. to mention uh, the real world issues out there. All right, but we're here to talk Star Wars villains, some of the best out there. So we'll see how quickly we get to some of these, how our conversation gets derailed by the chat, some of our panelists, or myself. Because as you can see from today, I'm all over the place. But let's talk Star Wars villains. All right, so villains, villains, villains. This is one of those kind of topics that you think of Star Wars villain. Yeah, Darth Vader, the Emperor. And you start going through the list and there's like 50 that you can start picking up. And all of them are great for different reasons. As that's what we're here to kind of discuss and see what we love so much about Star Wars villains, which type of villains that we kind of gravitate towards. And are they really villains? Are they just misunderstood? Are they just trying to live their life peacefully in the outer rings? And there's someone coming to try to assimilate you or whatever. So we'll get to it. But who knows, right? So you have who your, Kylo, your Kylo Ren's. <laughs> no, especially not on this show, like no. every time. <laughs> uh, so you have your Kylo Ren shirt. And we'll get to him. And Andres, you mentioned you have your Kylo Ren saber. So there's a lot of Kylo Ren love. He's back here. Also, there he is up there. There's uh, Kylo yeah. Ren right there. Um, so, Arsu, starting with you, what makes a good Star Wars villain, or what do you look forward to when a new Star Wars villain is introduced? What makes a good villain generally, and I think Star Wars does this very well, is motivation. It all comes down to motivation mm -hmm. because heroes are great. I love heroes. Got a lot of them on the wall behind me. But <laughs> heroes are generally motivated by I have to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Villains are always motivated by I have to do my thing, which in my head is the right thing, mm -hmm. for a very personal reason. Be it, you know, Ky Kylo Ren's like whole issues with his family is his very personal reason. Mm -hmm. Or uh, every villain I know has gone out of my head. Or Asajj Ventress and like everything she has been through with mm -hmm. the Night Sisters, with with like her old master, with being on rat attack, all of that is very personal to her. And that's what makes her the way she is. So they're not motivated by cause, they're motivated by what the world or the galaxy has done to them. And I think that's, it just makes it more interesting to me mm -hmm. because it's because the stakes are more personal. Right. What do you think, Andres? Is there anything else that kind of, you look, that kind of pulls you when it comes to Star Wars villains? Yeah, I really agree with what Arzu mentioned. I would only, Add, I love the tension um, of a villain who knows what's around the corner. So for me, Count Dooku, for example, is a sleeper hit. I always forget how much I love Count Dooku until I watch Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah, there it is. There's that. Because he's right. Like when you when you get to Revenge of the Sith and you go back and watch Attack of the Clones, you're like, oh, he, he was right. And he was essentially like, okay, if the Jedi, like his calculus is if the Jedi are part of the Republic and the Republic has already been co-opted, we shouldn't be Jedi. Like the right thing would be to essentially overthrow the Republic that we're supposed to be serving. And that makes him Sith at that point. So he's like, fine, whatever. Um, so I, I love it when villains have that kind of a pull where it's like, 
they have their their personal stake but on top of that when it also has this element of like there's another evil like i love those mid-tier villains because sometimes <laughs> sometimes that's their play like i'm doing this to try and kill this guy and now that you the hero have approached me like i'm trying to bring you in because together like we could actually do this and... maul is a great example of that yeah. maul in the siege of mandalore seeing sort of what he knows what's around the corner and granted the force is helping him and he's trying to convince ahsoka of this and he almost has her i feel like she's like okay because she is not exactly harboring any delusions about the jedi right now but it's the minute anakin gets brought into it and that becomes her personal well mm -hmm. anakin wouldn't and i don't believe you anymore but otherwise like mm -hmm. he is just right enough that ahsoka's like okay i'm listening until suddenly you know it all goes wrong you imagine on one end Maul walks in with Ahsoka and on the other Count Dooku walks in with Kenobi all on the same kind of mindset and then confront Palpatine and he's like, oh crap, I kind of I kind of messed up here. <laughs> they all just walk in like we need to talk. Yeah. Uh, so I agree. with a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's aggressive negotiations. Yeah. <laughs> um so I agree with the guys are saying, and it's funny because sometimes you hear people there, I just love villains, they're just bad for no reason, they just want to be evil. And then you have the others, like you say, no, there's some motivation out there, what they're doing is not really wrong in their eyes. And it's also how we as people kind of change, especially as we get older. Because Palpatine, when I watched as I came, yeah, he's this creepy old guy that shoots lightning, but yeah, he's awesome. And then you start getting older, you see the prequels, and you see how all the the long game that he was playing. And then, okay, now I understand a little bit more. And then you get someone like Markion that will come into it later. I say Markion, not, Mar not Markion, but we'll, we'll just come the up. Whole thing. Yeah. And then he, at first, he's like, yeah, he's just this kind of, not smuggler, not pirate out there, just creating havoc, causing havoc. But then you start learning a little bit more about his history with the Jedi and all that stuff and why the Republic wants to move out there. And then with this new book on this new comic series coming out, they're gonna explain a little bit more. It's gonna be great to, to learn more about them. And as we go into Count Dooku later, it's a character again, Kevin Scott did a great job that just reading Dooku Jedi Lost kind of changed my mindset on Dooku because yeah, I liked him in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, but yeah, he's just there, like you said, a mid-tier level villain just with Palpatine there, just kind of, in the wing, just waiting for Anakin to kind of rise and take his place. But then reading his whole backstory became one of my favorites. Um, so jumping right there, do you think we need more stories told from the villain slash antagonist point of view? We, ha we have Dooku uh, Jedi Lost, we have Tempest Runner, uh, we have the Eye of the Storm coming soon, kind of going the same way with Martian, Markion, and then the Acolyte also at the end. Do you think we need more stories in that from that point of view? Yes, because like we see how like War of the Bounty Hunters, nobody is strictly a villain mm -hmm. in War mm -hmm. of the Bounty Hunters. They're a villain to somebody, but they're a hero to themselves. Sure. Boba Fett being a great example, he is a hero to himself because he thinks he's doing what he's got to do. Obviously, Leia and Lando feel very differently. But <laughs> so like, just a tad. And yeah. then, like, you know, that spun off into something now with Kira and with the Knights mm -hmm. of Ren. And they are, I guess, quote unquote villains because they're not fighting for the good cause of mm -hmm. whatever this era is. But they have so much going on, like, for themselves, such a rich internal life, such rich motivation. And that sort of, you know, arguably are maybe doing the right thing, but maybe in the wrong way. So I think 
that's my long answer. Short answer. Yes, absolutely. More stories focusing on the, the villainous and the morally ambiguous. Yeah, I agree. Just a hundred percent. And if, if the U S is the empire, right. in like that 77 vision of star Wars, like for the current audience, like I think this emphasis on like anti-heroes and villains that you're seeing play out in mm -hmm. like pop culture is if people like know that as a as an inspiration for George Lucas now, then that means like as a US citizen, you engage with it knowing that like you're essentially if you're a fan of the rebellion, then you essentially grew up in an empire and then chose <laughs> to root for the other team yeah. that's like blowing up state property. Um so I think like having those stories of villains and getting to explore those like motivations in Star Wars is creates that space for people who are like learning us history right now and after 2020 and just all throughout life um to still be able to engage with like their fandom of choice and have other people that they can like layer their stories on because you know again they think they're doing the right thing in their eyes it's just the system in the world that they're in is like no that's wrong um, which is what well, sorry to cut you off but it's one of the things that makes me extremely excited for the Andor TV show. It's hoping, because we really haven't heard anything, hoping to see that from the Empire side, that people just work in a job that decided that I need a place to work because I need money and I'm going to go work with the Empire. This is the, the new government out there, so I, I got to go work on this project. I just got the the blueprints for a station they're building. They don't know, right? Yeah. So I'm just moving the crane. They have no idea what yeah. they're building. And even if they know, it's like, I have to survive somehow. So I got it, which it's kind of like that vision, the, what's it, the Village Bride, not Village Bride, Lopa Nocho, right? One of the sisters, we got to work with the Empire because they're here, they're going to take over. So the lesser of two evils and then Lopa and her dad are like, no, no, we got to save ourselves and our culture. So it's kind of that same thing. So I hope that we can see this from the Empire side, just people doing a normal job. But what, and even now, just seeing from the Empire side why they think they're in the right, because not everyone is Sidious and Palpatine out there. They have their, other, their own visions, like you said. They just chose a side. So I'm hoping that we see that going up with Ando when it comes out. Hopefully, we hear something from Ando soon. Then Roberto is adding, oh, it's great when you have both villains, those, those who want to be just evil and those that have personal stakes. And Amy also saying, I absolutely love how 50 minutes highlights those analogies between Star Wars, US political and dynamics. That's why I don't invite him too much, because he makes me kind of not know what I'm talking about. Oh, but, stop it. I know, you're, you're, you're here. It's like, I, I'll say the same thing when Arisu and Amy and Maggie are here talking High Republic. It's like, okay, I'm glad you guys are here, because you help me see it from different perspective. It's that um, uh, SpongeBob meme. You're just like, write that down, write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, so many, <laughs> completely different, but so many times in college, so I, I, I got to write something, do a project, I'm driving home, I have this great idea, I'm going to write it down, okay, what did I say? So I got to start <laughs> recording things to make sure I don't forget. I'm sure that everyone goes through that. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of different Star Wars villains out there. We have, like we mentioned, we have Sith, we have Vader, Maul, Dooku, the Emperor, uh, and a bunch other. Then we have the empires, Tolkien, Krennic. I know you want to talk about Krennic, Andres, uh, Thrawn. Yeah. And then we have the others like Jabba the Hutt, um, Ventress is kind of in between, um, Markion, of course, all those different type of villains out there. We kind of associate the villains with the Sith 
mostly, but there's, like I mentioned, all these different villains out there. Do you have a preference on what type of villains you like currently in Star Wars? And moving forward, is there one one type you want to kind of hope, hoping you get more of those? I like Force-sensitive villains mm -hmm. more. And like I've said this on, I think, on Space Waffles, and I say mm -hmm. this all the time, I don't like Palpatine, full stop. <laughs> I like Lego Palpatine. <laughs> Lego Palpatine very cool. much. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I like love the Force sensitive films because the Jedi stuff and the Force stuff mm -hmm. is the plot that interests me more overall. Yeah. So that's why that said, going forward with the High Republic, like I'm loving the Nile as villains. Mm -hmm. Shocked, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like just because of because they are so different because they're not allied with the government the way the empire or first order is and they're mm -hmm. not you know allied with the force at all they are their own thing and they are just this whole i think somebody it might have been charles soul compared them to like a pyramid scheme of pirates and it's just there's a whole new concept so that's mm -hmm. that's what i'm interested in like with the current storytelling cool yeah. i uh i love director krennic um <laughs> i would i would pay good money to see more of him um, only because he's probably the most relatable villain to me as far as like people you deal with in like the office or like group projects. And it's like, there's, there's always a Krennic yeah. somewhere. Like he is enthusiastic about his little death laser um, <laughs> and is very mad at Tarkin for like trying to take the credit in the film. And that's such a, like, that was such a motivating force. And I was like, I've worked with this person, yeah. like not not on projects with as high of stakes, but someone who just like, oh, they're going to take as much credit as they can. And they want you got to pamper them the whole way through yeah. or else it's like a whole like drama scene. They go above your head to the bigger boss to try to bring yeah. you down. We went to Vader. I mean, still in charge of the project. Like, shut up, dude. Just go to the <laughs> go tell the teacher you're not working. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He CC'd him and it's like, really? Did you have to? Like. Him, him and Tarkin have done missions together. So, like, it's it's very interesting. Like, that just crossed my mind where it's yeah. like, this guy's asking. He's like, well, Tarkin made me shoot a laser. And he's like, I know what Tarkin's capable of. Like, <laughs> we're not we're not here to talk about yeah. his his kill count. Yeah, it's, I mean, don't even try. But <laughs> I agree. And I think I, I'm with you also since Jedi and the Force is my favorite thing in Star Wars. I do like the those villains and the High Republic, especially the Jedi that are kind of questioning what it means to be a Jedi or follow the Force and what that might lead to. It's what really interests me in going forward, what these new type of villains or antagonists, whatever it might be. So yeah, Sith are cool, obviously, but they're the different different sides to the same coin or whatever with the Jedi. So you, you kind of know what you're getting with them. But I like kind of the in-between, like you mentioned first, Andres talking about Dooku, what made them change? What made you go from this side of the force to this side? And that's what I'm really interested in now. And with Imperials, of course, is like I mentioned before, it's why did they choose that side at this point? And that's what I want to see. See, and I'm pretty sure we, we got to get Krennic in Andor to get a little bit more of Ben Mendelssohn. So hopefully we'll get him there. And these pirates and smugglers and all those guys are cool kind of in between to kind of help with the stories. Um, uh, Boba Fett, Kira, and all those others, I don't see them as villains, at least not in the, the same echelon as the others. They're just, they're living their life kind of away from the law, but they're not really the main villains of the story. So I don't kind of put them in that category. 
But yeah, they can kind of mess up with our heroes a little bit. That's the thing. They're not the overall villains of the saga. They're just the villains in somebody's story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But they're not, you know, changing the galaxy with yeah. their death yeah. lasers or whatever. <laughs> that's something that I hope we don't get too much moving forward is this villain that just wants to take over the galaxy because it's fun. It's, okay, we've seen this every <laughs> for years. Just give me something else. And I think that's what's cool about the High Republic is they're not trying to conquer the galaxy. They just want to I mean, they want to kind of take the, the Republic out of it, but for different reasons, not because they want to kind of be in charge of everything. But so Palpatine, obviously, you mentioned you're not a fan. You're not Full a fan. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. Um, not going, because I know, I don't want to say I know, but a little bit about your thoughts on Rise of Skywalker, but not talking about execution-wise. The... Do you agree with the decision to bring Palpatine back, or would, would you have prepared preferred to just either a new villain, a new main bad, or just keep Kylo as the main bad for the for this last chapter? Me, um, okay. <laughs> not talking execution. Purely yeah, because that's because you know how I feel about it. purely theoretically. My problem when they announced it in the trailer mm. was that the suggestion wasn't. Palpatine's brand of evil perpetuates because you know you never quite get rid of the problem it's you never quite get rid of this guy okay like hmm. I'm not American so I can't totally speak to American politics but it's like saying if you vote Trump out everything goes away it doesn't there's other it problems it didn't he's <laughs> in, but by bringing him back it's like no Palpatine is the problem not the hmm. ideas that Palpatine perpetuated that was my problem is like I would have liked to see it be you know, I know they brought him in at the last second, but um, what's his name? The new general, Allegiant General, Pride. Oh. A character like Pride yeah. is somebody who, you know, got his start in Palpatine's empire, came up through the army in Palpatine's empire, and then the empire fell, but he never gave up on that. He is like one of those fanatical guys who just bought what they were selling and never gave up on it. So if they had taken that idea, maybe implemented it sooner, mm -hmm. or I would buy it if they if they like just set it up in nine, why not? Like if, if that had been the big bad, like the driving force behind the first order was this cluster of like middle-aged, late middle-aged <laughs> Imperials who never really let go of Palpatine's ideals. And they've been working to make things Palpatine's empire again, but without Palpatine, that would have been like, in my view, the way to go. So like, because by making it just Palpatine, it's like, he is the problem. And now that he is gone, there is no more problem. But that's not yeah. true. That's not true in real life. That's not true. In, I know it's a story, but if we're trying I mean, to draw that kind of parallel, that's not true there either. So it's, we've said, we said a lot here. Yeah, it's Star Wars, but a lot of it kind of relates to real life and yeah. goes to show you why I love having you here. It's that makes a lot more sense. Even though I didn't mind Palpatine coming back, I've said I enjoy Rise of Skywalker. I don't have a lot of the issues that some other people have. So I didn't mind too much that he was there or the reasons why, was it explained there or not. But what you're saying, because we're living it right now. Yeah, whatever happened with the election 2016, 2020, 2021, January 6th, right? Yeah, the guy's gone. Yeah, we won. Now it's we're still in the same mess we were five years ago so it's great yes that would, would have worked a hundred percent even if you have Palpatine just he was pretty messed up just in the corner just yeah do my bidding because I okay. can't anymore 
they kind of had that in the books yeah. and in, in Battlefront 2 as well. That, you know, he's gone. What's left of his empire is a mess. And he left these, like, the robot versions yeah. of himself behind. Mm -hmm. The Sentinels are called, like, to carry on his bidding. It's not Palpatine. But it is him sort of ensuring that whatever he's set up continues to pay off. But they show it in the books that the empire, the, the galaxy, I should say, continues mm -hmm. to be a complete mess after yeah. Palpatine's gone. I'm like, okay, so you see that the problem is not the man, it's the regime. Yeah. But then, like, they capped off, actually, it was the guy. And I'm like, well, I wish you'd finished the regime line of thought because yeah. I thought that was yeah. interesting. So, but that's a great point. What was that? Made, uh, yeah, I 100% I agree. Like, I appreciate canonically that, like, oh, uh, I appreciate canonically that, like, Palpatine shows up at the end because it really cements a villain who also planned for losing. Right. Like if his end game was the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy is the end game for the contingency where he actually loses at the end of like what he thinks is the final battle. And then the sequel trilogy is like his last Hail Mary pass, hoping that everyone's going to be too like old, weak, you know, jaded to actually fight him if he comes back. So that's cool. But I, I agree with Arzu in the sense that like I feel like. I feel like Rise of Skywalker reveals that it was made by a Western studio, right? Like mm -hmm. to, to finish the regime line of thought means to like really tackle like, okay, well, who would rise up? What would that person look like? And like, how would you craft that story? And that would hit maybe a little too close to home when they do that research. Cause they're essentially looking at like, mm -hmm. how do you get from reconstruction America to 2020 America and recognizing that there's different people in that story. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like for me, that's also what makes the final part where all the ships show up, like lose a little bit because it's like, OK, so Palpatine was bad and Palpatine convinced an entire galaxy to like blow up Alderaan and Hosnian Prime as if we're going to keep that legacy going. And yet when the Falcon showed up, there were enough people who had a change of heart. Like the 2020 election was kind of close, like. <laughs> If that same thing were to play out, you're talking about almost a one-to-one -one split, like a little higher than that, but not by much. If if all of those people showed up on a field somewhere with their spaceships and cars and were like, let's go. Um, well, it could still be a one-to-one -one split. This was just the final order. It's not the rest of the yeah. first order. They're somewhere else. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. So it's... There's a lot of people showing up to vote in a blue area. Fair, like. fair. Exegol just happened to be surrounded by Whole Foods, and they were like, they're, they're doing like, what go. over there? <laughs> All right, so this is turning to 60 minutes here, but we love it. Yeah. Uh, so just rounding up, one last thing more for Palpatine, as our friend Roberto Venegas is saying, yes, I don't care how, just keep bringing Palpatine back, which is fine. Again, I love the character. He's one of the reasons the original trilogy kind of took off all this idea of great villains out there. He was in the shadows. He was mentioned once, I think, in A New Hope. Of course, we see him in Empire Strikes Back in the hologram, and then finally he shows up in Return of the Jedi. Everything with our prequel trilogy, prequel trilogy, and then the, the sequels. And now with Mandalorian and the Bad Batch kind of showing more cloning, people are thinking maybe this is the bridge to kind of make more sense if whatever they show in the movie wasn't enough for you guys. <laughs> in general sense. But last thing on Palpatine, which Palpatine did you do you prefer? The prequel trilogy kind of, yeah, I'm just a senator. Then we have the old, then he turns to Darth Sidious at the end. We have the OT Emperor. 
and then the kind of shriveled old, yeah, the, the boomer like Moses at the end. Which Palpatine <laughs> do you prefer? Prequel. Prequel. I think I, I might go, even though I do love the one in the original trilogy, I think the manipulations just from the background, I'm just doing, uh, you gave me powers. Uh, it's not my fault. I'll give them back. And then the back, yes, with my hood and telling Maul that finally will reveal herself, kind of playing both sides. So again, he has three movies to do all this, but I do love that. And comic wise, I love in some of the comics and ah, what's the, the book? Something of the Sith when he's with Vader and they Oh, go, Lords of the Sith. Lords of the Sith. I love that. Dorsidious that's trying to push Vader a little bit. Oh, you 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 think you, you can take me? Eh, you're not ready. So I do love those those that Palpatine out there. Yeah, same. I'm gonna go prequel. That's prequel Palpatine episode three absolutely blew my mind yeah. as a kid. I think I was like 12 when that came out. So I was just <laughs> in a theater, like, oh, oh, he played everyone. Everyone's <laughs> dead. <laughs> were you one of those that didn't know they was the same person when you were watching the that, yeah, I was that definitely wasn't the, the power. I was definitely the, too young. <laughs> I, I think I might have had an idea by the time I got to Revenge of the Sith, just by virtue of age. But sure. episode one and episode two, no clue. No idea. Did, I, didn't, didn't, I didn't put it together yeah. until after episode three came out and I watched yeah. six. Then I'm like, oh, it's the same actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I what I I think I mentioned before. Love about doing this show and get to talk to people of different age because for me it's yeah i knew the emperor from the ot because i'm from that era but so watching the prequel trilogy yeah i know how it's gonna play out like tony say mr s that he likes a prequel because we all know what he'd become and that's one of the reasons i like it but then hearing from people that grew up star wars watching the prequel trilogy that was that big reveal for them and also what anakin is turning evil so I, it's great how at least myself and people my age might take it for granted. Yeah, Vader kind of telling Luke that he's his father is the biggest reveal in Star Wars. But if your first foray into Star Wars is the prequels, now nah, it's no way Anakin is gonna turn evil. What is the same guy and all that all that stuff? It's it's out there. So that I knew. That I, I had seen mm -hmm. the OT. I just didn't because Palpatine isn't really in the OT until yeah. Re Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. so I just didn't put it together until the hood went up in. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, and I chin. realized that they look the same. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Maui said, Pickle Palpatine is so much, I am the Senate. It's scary AF. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And became mm -hmm. one of the greatest memes out there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mitch McConnell's slogan. Just, uh, just <laughs> throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if we talk Palpatine and series, we got to talk about his apprentice, the... I guess the most iconic villain out there, and that's Darth Vader. Okay, I, I was going to say Darth can... Maul. I was like, and Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't give you the chance, sorry. <laughs> we'll come back to Maul, obviously. Uh, so Darth Vader, I don't know what we can say about that. Darth Vader hasn't been said before, but I guess I'll start with this. Do you appreciate the way, the different way that we're seeing Vader now? Because OT Vader, it's an even prequel trilogy, He's just a bad guy. He's gone. He's no longer Anakin. He's just determined to be the baddest man out there. But there's a lot of comics and Lord, Lord of the Seas and a bunch of Charles Soule comics and even the new ones kind of showing that he's still in that in-between kind of visiting Padme's grave, I believe, in one of the comics. And he, he gets confronted by the handmaidens. And he still has this kind of duality when he meets Ahsoka and Rebels. Do you like this new 
kind of evolution of Darth Vader showing some of his empathy a little bit? Or would you prefer not just keep it as the evil guy that we knew from 1980? Andres, if you want to start. Yeah, I, I've been loving the humanization of Darth Vader, um, mostly because I, I remember distinctly when Disney, shortly after they, they bought Star Wars, where there was um, the comic where Boba Fett informs Vader mm -hmm. that the, the rebel pilot that blew up yeah. the Death Star had the last name was Skywalker, and he like cracks the glass because <laughs> he realizes yeah. Palpatine lied in episode mm -hmm. three. Um, so I, I've been loving it from that angle because I always viewed as a kid, once I got to the end of the prequel trilogy, I was like, oh, this is actually a six movie tragedy. Like, Mm -hmm. This dude just wanted a like a, a wife, a family, his his kids, everything. Like that was his idealized vision of life, and he got thrust and used as a pawn, and he's just kind of like stewing over that until his son basically blows up his boss's like favorite shiny <laughs> toy, and and then he's like, oh wait, that's my son. Okay, and like that's what creates the conflict for me and the OT. So like, I love that they've been playing up on it with like the the vader immortal vr game and like the different comic series and showing those motivations of like he's he's going further into the dark side just so that because he's more pissed at dark city <laughs> and he's like maybe i'll get my son or maybe i'll be strong enough to kill this my emperor either way like mm. I, I win and that's what he's like pushing towards by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, because his like 20 attempts to revive Padme just haven't worked out so far. <laughs> he tried. He tried building that big castle there with the moment mass, and I'm going to bring her back, and then oh, he got played for a fool again. Are you excited to see Darth Vader back for the Kenobi series, or are you like some people out there? And sorry, Arsh, I don't think, I don't know if I let you answer that previous question, but you can go. Are you excited to see Darth Vader? Are you, some people are there, ah, they're going to mess up with A New Hope and whatever happens there. Are you excited for more Vader? And with Kenobi, it has to be an emotional reunion of sorts. I think, in my conspiracy theory that I've carried with me since they made this announcement is that <laughs> they're saying it's Darth Vader, but you don't hire and pay Hayden Christensen mm -hmm. if you're going to put him in a mask and not take him sure. out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be like an Anakin slash Vader, like... Maybe I know they're having a big duel or whatever, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking it's going to be like in their heads on yeah, some other I plane. I don't, I don't think Kenobi's going to leave Tatooine and be like, you know, it'd be fun if I had a sword fight with Darth Vader. I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. I could be wrong. Got this brand new saber. I gotta try it out on someone. I remember <laughs> no. so, last time I cut three of his limbs. Let me finish it off. <laughs> Want to stretch my old <laughs> muscles? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but. I'm excited to see what they do because because it's Hayden Christensen. So I think they're going to play up yeah. that more emotional side of it. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping anyway. Yeah. And just because it's a limited series, I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if it's like maybe even an extended flashback of like a major mission in the Clone Wars, which, you know, you have plenty of years, plenty of battles to just be like, mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. They had this conversation at one point uh, in it. And like you could just play that out in live action and overlay that with like whatever Kenobi's thinking about that week or whatever crazy Jawa has like dragged him into uh, for, for that episode or whatever. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting, but I, I agree with Arzu. I don't, you don't pay Hayden Christensen money to then put him in the helmet. Like mm -hmm. I, I know they did a great job with Pedro Pascal and um, Mandalorian, but I just don't see it. 
Yeah, now, when you, you now, now when you can get that haircut again, like <laughs> it's right there. And you won't have him doing that voice for Vader, so it wouldn't kind of be the same. I I agree and I disagree. Agree because I do think he's gonna leave Tatooine. That's just my thought. My thing. I think he's gonna leave and there's gonna be a lightsaber fight. But I do hope that we get that kind of mental force connection of them just talking and trying to hash it out. And there's no way. So I do hope it goes that way because this has to be an emotional show, an emotional reconciliation, not reconciliation, but emotional time for everyone kind of trying to, everything has happened in the past five or 10 years. So I do hope that happens. But speaking of Hayden, of Hayden Christensen, did you get a chance to see him also at New yes, York? Com- I did actually. <laughs> um, so I thought about doing a photo op or mm-hmm. something and then I realized, you know, come celebration time, there is a strong chance of Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor. So Oof. let me, let me wait. Let me save it. <laughs> let me save my money and wait and see. But one of my friends was getting his autograph, so I waited in line with her just to see him. So I waved and he waved back. And oh. that's the extent of my uh, my interaction with Hayden Christensen, but I'm going to treasure it anyway. Oh man, that's that's awesome. All right, so yeah, Darth Vader again is one of those classic villains, probably top in that top list for most people out there, especially for Star Wars. But so what other classic, can, when you think classic Star Wars villains, I guess we have Darth Maul out there, Count Dooku, of course, but which other kind of classic Star Wars villains do you think kind of deserves a spot on one of those tops out there? Let me, let's change. If I you think have to, I don't know. I'm about to start yelling about Marshall. All right, so one more thing I before we go to Marshall. <laughs> yeah, he, he is becoming a classic one. So just finishing up, I guess rounding out this kind of serious circle of apprentices you have maul and dooku which one do you prefer and has it changed because at least for myself i'll start darth maul of course what seeing him the first time in force awaken i mean the phantom man has kind of blew everything out of the water what was possible in star wars double lightsaber red red and black paint horns all this devil kind of wrecking shop and of course it got better and better with Clone Wars, Rebels, his little stint on, in Solo, and we'll see where we'll see where else he kind of ends up. I love his whole story and how it ends with Kenobi on Tatooine, but like I mentioned, Dooku just kind of for myself just blew him out of the water with Dooku Jedi Lost because I just learned so much about his past, his interaction with all the Jedi, with um. Ah, man, I blanket on names, and I'm hosting a Star Wars trivia next week. That's why I'm hosting. I'm not answering <laughs> not questions. <participating. laughs> yeah, um, but everything that he's went through just to the end to say, you guys kind of lied to me. We have all these kind of visions out there. You guys are not doing enough. You took me away from my family. They don't want me anymore, and I gotta go and be the Count of Serena, which I was supposed to be. So I just love his story so much that he became one of my favorite villains out there. So if I had to choose between Maul and Count Dooku, there, there's a reason I spend good money on this lightsaber. So, yeah. So if you had to choose, if you were serious at that point, that you have, you have, imagine you're sitting in your, in your kind of conference room, you have to do a, a seat apprentice interview and Maul walks in a little Sabrak tuxedo and then Count Duke with his cape walks in and you have to choose one apprentice. Who, who, who are you siding with? I think Dooku makes a better apprentice, but I think yeah. Maul's a better character. Not better character. I prefer yeah. Maul as a mm-hmm. character. But I think Dooku, like on paper, makes a much better apprentice because, you know, former Jedi apprentice, 
Count of Sereno kind of <laughs> has his stuff together. <laughs> Maul is very angry, which I think Palpatine exploits. Palpatine breaks him. And like we see this very broken Maul mm-hmm. living in the garbage with yeah. his spider legs in the Clone Wars. <laughs> so Maul has a journey all his own that I absolutely adore and I find very engaging and very fascinating. But if I'm conducting an interview for this, <laughs> I'm going to pick Count Dooku. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I I feel like Count Dooku is just, you've got the former Jedi apprentice, so he knows some of the lightsaber forms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to teach him that much. Um, just tweak it. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, Count Serrano, like, money. You can yeah. you can really grease some wheels without <laughs> dipping into Republic banks. You don't have uh, to pay your intern. It's great. Exactly. <laughs> it all works out. So but, uh, is Dooku pro-union, or would he be on the other no. side right now? No. You, you can't be a count and pro. That's, <laughs> that's not how that works. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, Roberto is saying he needs to read Jedi Laws. You have to. It's a quick read. Great. It's like one of my favorites out there. Yeah. And you get more with Ventress. Oh, man. I heard. You got some High Republic, some little oh, nuggets. Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't, how long have they been planning this High Republic stuff? They're just showing. Ah, it's just great. It's Whatever. Then our friend is here, Emperor Holocron, also adding that Gallius Rex is uh, really amazing in his opinion. Uh, yeah. And Pretty Amy's cool. adding also, Ray Sloan is so devoted to her personal ascent is willing to do all sorts of evil in the process. I love Ray Sloan. Yeah. I love Ray Sloan. I wish we had more Ray Sloan mm-hmm. in the movies. Like, yeah. Hux knows her. There's, yeah, there's your regime storyline that you could have like, you sprinkled more out because who takes over from Ray Sloan? I assumed... Something happens because like she's not even in Rise of Skywalker, presumably. Not she's that... like, this looks messy. I'll be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh. All right. So let's do it. Everyone's let's waiting it. for it. Marky on row. This is <laughs> <laughs> she's <laughs> like she's like clocking in, baby. Yeah, yeah, all right, let's go. Let me lose. Um, so I don't want to say let's keep it spoiler free, but I know some people out there might have not up to date on everything High Republic, but Monkey on Row and the now when the now were announced as this new evil that we've never had in Star Wars, and then we have Lado the Jedi comes out and we're introduced to this great character of Monkey on Row. And if you're kept up to date, everything that he's done till Rising Storm, how unfortunately that ends, and then moving forward. So a brand new character in Star Wars that's introducing this new era has a lot to compete with. Palpatine, Vader, Maul, Dooku, Kylo Ren, a bunch of others. What are your thoughts on Markion Rowe and where does he rank? Not one to three, but do you put him up there with those classic Star Wars villains? And of course, Arsu, we have to start with you. Okay. <laughs> so I was lost with Markion Rowe. Like, I. Marcian. Yeah, I'm sorry. I picked up sorry. your habit, but I, I pronounced it Marcian. Just... That's. I like how it sounds better. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I was completely lost when the concept art came out mm-hmm. and they're like, this is Marcian Rowe. He is leader of the Nile. <laughs> he is a tall, angry boy in a mask and he has daddy issues. So um, <laughs> I was like, okay, great. Tailored exactly for me. Thank you so Check. much. Um, but then, you know, we it's all talk before the book comes out. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. But then, you know, the book comes out and he, here's this guy who was running this gang of pirates who don't, who, you know, we object with their methods, like mm-hmm. blowing up the legacy run is not the way to go, but 
the reason behind it, the whole this government is infringing in our territory, they are mm. trying to tell us how to live, they are sending settlers into our space, <laughs> is not a policy I entirely object with. I'm like, you're right. Mm -hmm. You know, they are essentially colonizing your space. So after that, I'm like, okay, a villain, check. Mask and angry, <laughs> check. Highly motivated, check. And then, you know, as we get the rising storm and all of that, you start to learn that there is a lot going on yeah. with Martian. He's got this, like, some sort of connection to Force users or people who are trying to use the Force. And then, you know, with Tempest Runner, we know he's got some issues with his father. So there's all of this stuff that they're really building into him, into this framework that they set up in mm -hmm. Life of the Jedi that I really, really appreciate. Like, they're they're not going, he's evil because he thinks yeah. it's fun. Moving on. They're like, no, let's really examine like Martian Road. Now we've got the Eye of the Storm comics coming out, which I worry because we got a <laughs> Kylo Ren comic right before Kylo Ren died. So I'm a little nervous. Oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> but well, you broke an address. I think I put Martian sort of where I classify Kylo in that they are villains to the galaxy, but they're not a hundred percent wrong. Okay. It's where I would it's where I would classify Martian. Yeah. I I would echo that. It's I was in the same boat, like seeing the the weapon that he had in the concept art with like the yellow uh, like laser beam yeah. lightsaber s thing going on there. I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, I got very like Gears of War vibe uh, with the chainsaw at the end of the gun, and I was yeah. like, oh, he could just hack someone with that. But, <laughs> um, but Light of the Jedi really like was when I was a hundred percent like bought in. I was like, yes, I'm punching my ticket specifically because of the um, the battle at the end um, of yeah. that book, and essentially like he uses the path engines and you start seeing a little bit more of like, there's a, there's another layer to it. Like, yes, he's leading the Nile and yes, he's pissed about the colonization, but like there's something else because they were getting whooped on by the Jedi. And he was like, no, I refuse. And like, <laughs> turns. Personal. Yeah. yeah. And, and all of a sudden he's just like, I'm shuffling the playlist. And even his own <laughs> troops are like, what? And are just like, you know, jumping into the middle of other ships and whatever. And it's just a mess. And that's what forces the Republic to pull out and be like, we can't fight like sporadic jumps. So from there, I was like, okay, there's something else. And then rising storm. Oh my goodness. If, mm -hmm. For folks who are still reading it, who haven't read it, thinking about it, like go for it because yeah. the, the personal like light of the Jedi hints at the very end that like, there's another reason he's not willing to go down and it's not just uh, taking it to the man, so to speak, or to mm -hmm. the woman in the case of Lena. So, cause <laughs> yes, she can. Um, but, <laughs> But yeah, it's like you get into Rising Storms, like, oh, like he is on a vendetta and yes. like there's something family related, like there's a lineage issue going on that like this is a hate that's passed down and like he is tired of this family drama and he is ready to end it. Like he's mm -hmm. going to be the one because he, he said so. And that makes me excited for whatever comes next. Yeah. Markian. It took me a while, but he went this way because same thing. I saw the concept. Oh, he looks cool. I didn't. Oh, Marcion Row, Marcion Row. It's like, eh, I don't like it. That row <laughs> at the end didn't. But again, Star Wars names takes a while to get used to them. Right now, you hear that name. Oh crap! We gotta. You get scared. 
but when I started reading that of the Jedi and the Nile, I'm like, eh, this is just space pirates. I don't see anything different that we haven't seen before. But by the end, when you see that he has this connection to the Jedi because they did something to his family and he's pissed about it, I'm like, okay, now this is getting interesting. And then, of course, Rising Storm comes out from the beginning when he's trying to find, he's in this planet with his aunt or whoever this person is. And the, the poor kid, the poor now, I was thought, I remember reading those first few chapters. Martin is helping him when he's kind of falling to the side. Oh, look at his sweet side. I kind of agree with this guy now. And then he just, sorry, spoiler, he just let, let him die, whatever. Just, you're, yeah, you help me go die somewhere else. And then he became this brutal guy that we all know. And then, of course, by the end of it, and everything that happens and where it's going, it's like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. This guy, it's on a path. And then, pun intended. And what's <laughs> great is that he's same as Palpatine. He's still in the shadows. Like, the Republic doesn't know he's exists. He exists. Oh, yeah, Lorna D, that's the leader. It's just the eye. And he's like, eh, I'm dealing my stuff over here. So I love that side. I want to... I'm so excited to read I.O. The Storm. I don't have those concerns right now. Obviously, we'll see. They, look, I'm just perpetually <laughs> worried about my face yeah. dying now. So. Yeah, yeah, that's I the mean, problem when you love a villain. You're like, I yeah. love you, and I know at some point you're going to fall or get introduced to a lightsaber. Yeah. But Something's gonna happen, and we don't. I mean, it's 200 years in the past. Maybe he he makes it out and lives his life somewhere. He's just his, hanging out in the yeah. sequel I'm not getting involved in <laughs> yeah. I feel like he would have to go to like Star Wars equivalent of Argentina, like no extradition <laughs> laws, and he's just like hanging out, like drinking a Mai Tai or yeah. the Star Wars equivalent. Uh, a fuzzy <laughs> Tauntaun. There, there you go. He's actually just at Oga's, just kind of vibing. <laughs> he meets with the chase and they go to the to wild space or the unknown regions out there. He'll be fine with those blue people. They'll they'll take him in. Blend yeah. yes. He's like a tan version. They saw him and they're like, he was on tattooing too long. Like, let's yeah. Bring him back. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> He's our cousin, Mark. <laughs> He's got the red eyes probably under that mask. Um, so yeah, so Marky and Ro just going up in the in our ranking. And Roberto adds he loves Ro, but I need to see a little bit little bit more from him. But man, what a great start for a character. Excited to see what he'll do. We're all in that same boat. We'll, we love him. But then we have Lorna D on the other side. Kind of, I'm tired of this guy just because he's a damn man and his dad was mean to me and he fucking... And, right. she's, and she's here now. This is Mark and she's, yeah, she's yeah, coming up in... Not just taking over the Nile, but just as a villain, what they did with her in Tempest Run, it also kind of changed my perception. It goes again, the great Kevin Scott out there and these type of books. Do you see Lorna D surpassing Markion, at least in your villain kind of? Or should she be, let me rephrase, should she be discussed as one of those top Star Wars villains when we do shows like this? Oh, absolutely. 100%. In that respect, absolutely. 100%. All right. I don't uh, want I don't mm -hmm. want Marcion to die, but I feel like Lorna is going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. If someone does it, let him be. If anybody's going to kill him, it's going to yeah. be Lorna. Yeah. And I feel like Lorna's taking the vision of after tempest runner i feel like she is a better representation of the public goal of the nile mm -hmm. um because now martian's on his like oh no yeah. we're killing the jedi like blood trip <laughs> um but lorna is still on like no we're about the nile let people do what they want like we give you true autonomy and that is what if you want that then you join the nile and martian's getting away from that and yeah. really falling into like the family drama 
mm-hmm. side of uh, his motivation. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen, at least on my head. Kind of, is he gonna have, he's going to go, you want to lead them now? They're all yours. I got my own thing going on. I think that's what's going to happen. But we'll see. So we're going a little bit long, and there's a bunch of other villains we can talk about. But before we go to some kind of underrated villains, you have Kylo Ren's shirt. Andres, you have your lightsaber there. Let's see it. <laughs> there you go. That's the one, baby. So let's talk a little bit about... One of our favorite kind of sad boys out there, like people say. (laughs) So I I love one thing that Maggie put on Twitter. I don't remember what it was a few weeks ago, talking about Kylo Ren or that type of villain. And she said something like, just let us have our kitty meow meows or something like that. Yeah, I just, every time I see Kylo now, I think of that. But so Andres, starting with you, what made you, what is it about Kylo Ren that you decided to, I got to get his lightsaber for one, and then just talk, talk a little bit more about Kylo. Oh my goodness. I, for me, um, when Force Awakens came out, I had like just moved out to Colorado and it, the sequel trilogy, I think is the trilogy I would say that I actually grew alongside with mm-hmm. um, as far as like, you know, they're in their what mid twenties or something relatively speaking mm-hmm. um, in the saga. And it's like, that's what we're going through. And when I first saw Kylo and force awakens, it was just like, he's just very mad. Like he's, he knows <laughs> he stands on the shoulders of giants and like, mm-hmm. he doesn't understand yet how Vader did what he did. He just knows that he was scary. And like when people pissed him off, his grandpa choked people and he's like, I need the people, but like we can rebuild this computer. And like, you know, he's yeah. tech savvy. Like he's he learned from his uncle and he's like, you can't kill the people like they're unique. They're special. But like this droid, like screw that droid. Um, So that like was my first like initial kind of attraction to him of just like he's a kid and he's he's coming into the world and someone made him like boy emperor. So he's just like (laughs) playing emperor. Um, And then last shot, I like sealed the deal because he's you see the scared side of him and he's like. Mm he doesn't know what's going on and like as a as the audience we need his knowledge of the force to understand how luke passes away in the end right because when they when him and ray are having their first connection he's he does that calculus of like that would take way too much effort you don't have enough life force like it's it's not you it's something else of in the force um so yeah, I was like, okay, he's scared. Like he knows so much, and he's like, I'm stepping into way too much now. Um, which you know, that's part of going into that full adult of like you start adulting and you're like too much adulting, and then you <laughs> and then that's when you build your plan of like, okay, this mm-hmm. is actually get to where I want to be. Um, so yeah, from there, like by the time of Rise of Skywalker, I was just like, give me that, give give me <laughs> Kylo. Uh, my favorite scene is him walking on Kef beer after he walks out of the water. Uh, it reminds me of uh, like a grumpy wet cat that you just took <laughs> and I love that about him. And I feel like he's leaning into it with how he like browns and he's just letting the hair all kind of mm-hmm. droop around him. But yeah, he's right, so I love him. That's the we we got to two Kylo Ren cat kind of comparisons today. So yes, he is hundred percent kitty meow meow. Wet cat, but he's also a little meow meow. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think we were going to hit that, but all right. So, Arsha, I know you talked a little bit about the beginning. We're talking about Martian and some of the kind of par- parallels to Kylo, but what, what else about Kylo slash Ben, I guess, that yeah. intrigues you so much? And then, I don't know, everything that you can about Kylo. 
Yeah. So um, I remember when first Force Awakens was announced, I distinctly remember hearing the name of all the new characters and going, Kylo Ren, that sounds stupid. <laughs> it's not stupid. It's just new. So, yeah. um, so I don't know. I was just kind of into the general aesthetic. I remember I just bought the Kylo Ren phone mm-hmm. case from the Disney store because I liked the way it looked. And then the movie comes out and I was spoiled on who Kylo is and what he does the night before oh. I saw the first Oh, movie. yes, I remember. So, like, my brother, thankfully, tried to cover for it and just kind of be like, that's, I don't know what that spoiler <laughs> happened. So, I think what, what interested me in Kylo watching the movie is who he is. Like, because I'd seen, like, a promo still of Adam Driver, so I just sort of assumed he'd be, like, a mustache-twirling bad guy. <laughs> and then, you know, when he takes his helmet off for the first time, I'm like, oh, he's mm-hmm. actually, like, yeah. he's quite young. He's not as like old as Adam Driver looks in the in the promo. I guess yeah. lack of facial hair will do that. So I'm like, he's like quite young, and he's you know he's Han and Leia's kid. At the end of the day, you watch the original trilogy, you watch these two fall in love, and here it is like 25 years later or whatever, <laughs> and their son has fallen to the dark. Like that is devastating that they've that they've lost him in the Last Jedi. Like Andre said, like it sealed it. I was like, it's not just that he's fallen to the dark because he thinks it's cool and he's like a hot topic goth kid, but like, <laughs> it's because everybody in his life who was meant to be some kind of support in his mind did wrong by him. And like, they were all doing their best, but like, give me one teenager that thinks that the adults in their life were doing their best. Not a single one believes it. Uh, but the don't, thing don't is, say that. Don't when he's not like, <laughs> They'll come around. I promise it's, your kids will come around. My daughter's around. this close when to being a teenager. I'm scared now. When they're teenagers, it doesn't matter what you do. In yeah. their minds, you're wrong. But the thing about your teenagers is none of them have a lightsaber. force abilities. None of them are. <laughs> start hiding, man, just in case. Yeah, he comes into a room one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no force abilities. We, no, there's uh, no there's no force ability. Yeah. There's nobody in their life telling them that the darkness they feel, the anger, the sadness mm-hmm. is something to be ashamed of or something that's going to push them too far. But if that's the life that Ben is hearing, then anytime he's got Snoke or I guess Palpatine's voice in his head, he's like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. This is shameful. This is There's something wrong with this. Until that starts telling him what he wants to hear and Luke starts telling him that what you're thinking is wrong. So of course he fell that way. Mm-hmm. Palpatine wanted him to fall that way. So that's why like, I think the best and worst we get among the best and worst we get from Kylo Ren happens in in The Rise of Skywalker. Like, there was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to flip by the end. I thought it would have happened sooner in the movie. Whatever, that scene with Harrison Ford is beautiful. And as much as I yeah. dislike that movie, <laughs> when I say I like 70% of the sequel trilogy, the 3% that comes from The Rise of Skywalker, that's like half of it. Like, it is a beautiful scene. It's phenomenal. It hits every beat you want it to. And then he, like... You see it in him. You see what a light side Ben Solo looks like in his body language, Mm -hmm. in the way he fights, in like just the way he carries himself. So, and a part of it does come down to performance. I will say, I don't know that I would feel this strongly about it if it was in text. Mm -hmm. Like, if it was conveyed in text, it might be, but I don't know. So, this is the the short of why I like (laughs) Kyle so much. Well, not too much because I think you both are completely right. And one, just a few things. Like you said, a lot of people that don't like the sequel trilogy or don't like Kylo Ren will go, oh, it's just this emo kid with bad, whatever, just hitting things. He doesn't have control. Okay, but you're not seeing everything that you just said of why he got to that point. So it's 
It's very important to understand why he got to that point. Like you said, everyone's just telling him that he's wrong, high your emotions or whatever. And uh, just finishing off with Rise of Skywalker, I was one of those, don't turn him. We've seen this already. I don't want him to die sacrificing himself to save Rey or whoever. And not talking about the end. But that scene with Harrison Ford, when I saw it in the movie theaters, she just broke me completely. It's incredibly, incredibly well done. And one of the few kind of ways that, at least for me, that they could do this turn or this redemption, kind of redemption, was that way. And I love every single second of it. Might be yeah. the father in me again. If you have a father and a son, getting back together, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna melt. So I did love that part. All right, so before we jump to our rebel thoughts and some of you guys is on Twitter kind of favorite villains and we have one of one one villain that they don't like and we'll try to convince them otherwise. Do you have one underrated villain that you kind of think should be kind of talked about a little bit more? I'll add mine. I always said it's Dryden Voss. I love everything that he did in Solo. It's a different type of kind of gangster out there that we were used to. And I hope we get more with him. Unfortunately, we can't get anything in the past Solo, maybe something before. He kind of made that cameo in Clone Wars Season 7 when Maul is having this conversation with his with his group. But Dryden Boss, I just love everything about him. But also, is there one kind of underrated bit and you, you wish you can get more of? I mean, we kind of talked about her, but um, Assange Ventress, I think. Okay. Just because what we do get is so, so good. Yeah. That I, I kind of wish that there was, you know, more like pre-Dark Disciple. Or, you know what? She's a magical witch that they put in a magical <laughs> lake. Like, just bring her back. It's yeah. Nobody... Somehow Asajj Ventress has returned. Done. There we go. It's done. Right. Right. I don't know. I don't think her story's finished yet. So I would I would like some more Asajj Ventress. Yeah. I think there would even be a, so much opportunity during the, the reign of the Empire timeline of like, just, I don't know, just playing. There's so many places to play. But um, Captain Kennedy. I <laughs> love that man. Like the way that he just like chews out General Hux while Poe is blowing up his turbo lasers. <laughs> and then, you know, another first order officer is like, oh, that X Wing's never going to penetrate our armor. <laughs> He's like, shut, just shut up, everyone. <laughs> like, like are, are the cannons primed? And like, oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're ready to go, boss. He's like, what, literally, what are we waiting for? Fire on <laughs> Like, that is a cannon line in star wars and it's just like yes he's yeah. he's a mature krennic he's what krennic should have been in rogue one of like mad <laughs> and angry but at the same time a hundred percent aware of what was going on and just surrounded by it just yeah. surrounded by by idiots and yeah i will Scramble. say i also don't think we got enough hucks <laughs> i yes. like the potential of hucks i like that the books have a lot of brendel hucks so you kind of see why his son is like that and I just feel like I, I wish we'd gotten a bit more, like I don't know, a comic run or something. Yeah, he shows up on uh, Rise of Resistance too a little bit, and like they, yeah, Disney knows what they have, and in oh, okay. Hux, where I'm just like, <laughs> we need more of him, and they yeah. know where to sprinkle him in. When I went to Galaxy's Edge, it wasn't open yet, so I didn't oh. need to go. It's okay. One one day one this day. will be the old yeah. ride, and there'll be like a two minute <laughs> wait for Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. That's when we all get to go. All right, so <laughs> that kind of brings our villain talk to a close, at least our main villain talk. I mean, we have so many more we didn't talk. We didn't get to talk about Tarkin, Jabba the Hutt, Pong Krill, Grievous, one of my favorites. Oh, no, that's just, he's the worst. All right, well, let's go to our 
or chat out there to our friends on Twitter that send us their thoughts in our segment, Rebel Thoughts. All right, and we'll go through the through through this pretty quickly because we've talked about them mostly already. And we start with our friend at King Kyber. They said one of my absolute favorite is Trilla Suduri. Her whole story is just really tragic because she was good person till she was betrayed by someone she saw. So bother. I was physically and mentally tortured. I couldn't finish. But <laughs> so this is from the Jedi Fallen Order video game, which I haven't played, but I've seen the whole cinematic. So Malik is saying Trilla Suduri. So have you guys? Do you know her story? I oh, yeah. know people love her. You know, another your master kind of. Failed you, got taken by Vader and turned into the second second sister, is it? Some inquisitor. And yeah, a great villain out there. What you guys what can you guys say about Trilla real quick? Justice for Trilla. <laughs> Justice for Trilla. It's just it's so sad. And I think like these villains that they do best, you go back in their story and it's just very, very sad. Like mm-hmm. she was betrayed by her master, like it not intentionally, but what does that matter when you're being tortured? You don't care. Sure. Right. And then sort of like you see how much pain she's in throughout the game and it kind of gets worse and worse and worse. And then I don't want to spoil what happens in the end, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Trilla is like a fantastic character. Yeah. A true tragedy. It's just, just watching her story and then also seeing it as the, the foil in Cal, like Trilla and Cal are, uh, Sears, uh, basically, like Seer is Luke in that kind of like game as far as the stories are concerned, right? She loses one apprentice and like happened, the force essentially guides her towards another one. And like seeing all of those elements play together just make Trilla such a such a fascinating character. They're very oh. Kylo and Ray, her and Cal. <laughs> yes. Right. So Trilla, yeah. Try to get some video game villains here. All right. So our friend Mo, she's in the chat. She adds at Jean Meister, we'll get her Twitter handle out there. Best villains to me are Maul and Krennic. Maul because though no longer safe, still relies heavily on anger and hatred to feel his power. And I'll put it again because I saw it late. And where am I? If he's on screen, he's bound to be iconic and Krennic, master manipulator, fooling Galen for so long and tearing his family apart. So we talked a little bit already about Maul and Krennic. So thank you, Maul. Anything else you guys want to add? I think well, I agree. we talked it, yeah. Yeah, All right. All right. hard to agree. Yeah. <laughs> and our friend also, Roberto, adds, for me, Palpatine, the fact that he was so evil that his, his deeds are felt through generations. And, yeah, we mentioned Palpatine. Kind of everything starts with him, and a lot of great villains kind of are his pedigree. So, yeah, it's one of, one of the favorites out there for most people. Also out there in the chat, our friend Amy at Guerra de Galaxia adds, Lorna D and Ventress occupy similar places in my heart because they're villains who have a heartbreaking backstory, backstory and who for all their evil and destruction still feel a pull toward compassion. Again, we talked about this great villain, so thank you, Amy. And they are great. They're so great out there. All right, so let's 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 do this one. This is again from Malik at King Kyber. And this is one he doesn't like. He doesn't like Kylo Ren. And he writes, Kylo, I just feel that the whole story he goes under tries to absolve him of as much responsibility as possible and gave off too much. He's not evil. He's just misunderstood vibes. So He's not had... evil. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's my take on it. But All right. So 
I, I would also. If you if you have Malik here, anyone out there that kind of doesn't understand or sees Kylo in a different kind of way, what would you say to try to kind of convince them that he no no he's a good villain for this reason? Yeah, I, I mean just I would say just like take solace in the fact that the the story essentially puts a burden on him so great that he still pays for it with his life. Mm -hmm. He does it for a different reason, right? But like he lived, technically speaking, you get to the end of the movie and like he was alive. He chose to give that up. Um, he could have gone on an atonement spree. He could have whatever. But like as far as the story went, he actually got to survive, but he still chose death. And like there's there's something to be said for that because he he still played baby emperor like i always go back to force awakens and it's like him and hux are fighting about like should we use clone troopers should we use your kidnapped children i don't know um but like he is still going along with it right like he decides to be evil when han solo shows up because he sees hux fire a laser and blow a posnian prime and is like okay like he, he almost gives the saber away until he sees the light disappear in Force Awakens and then rams it into his father's <laughs> chest. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's like he he does still have agency. Like, yes, he's conflicted by it, but he does bad things. And like if you're raising a child, right, you, you still punish bad behavior. And like the plot creates a punishment. It's not in the way that, you know, it's not like. Ray bonks him on the head and is like, bad Kylo. Like, you're you're a bad person. But the plot still resolves it with like, yes, he's done terrible things. He'd rather let Ray and that legend continue than what than like the complicated legacy that would come with letting Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo stay alive. So yeah, weird, weird execution. <laughs> Many different ways that you could have landed that plane, but all things considered, it's like, okay, that kind of resolves that concern where it's like yeah he he definitely was a misunderstood character but like the galaxy pushed him to a point where he still had to atone for it right like if you're really that concerned about it the galaxy still treats him like a villain and when ray comes back she is alone and confirms i assume to everyone in the resistance that like yeah he he died he did not come back with me hmm. sad story yeah it's a tragedy <laughs> Yeah, Darth, Darth Vader's a terrible yeah. villain, and all he was was just a dude who missed his son. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like you, you guys know how I feel about this, yeah. like I, about the execution, and I don't think that it's comparable to Vader because I feel mm -hmm. like Vader was sure. instrumental for a couple decades, whereas Kylo Ren was there for like five or six years. Still not great. I am not excusing his actions. <laughs> He's like I, fascist light. Like. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like it's a lot of. I feel like Hux is going to go full credit with the amount of times people give Kylo credit for the stuff that Hux does. Um, he's like, my name on the assignment. I built Starkiller Base. What are you doing? But I feel like there would have been. It would have been a more interesting narrative for an atonement mission yeah. because I do think it's quite cynical to have him yeah. actively make these choices in a way that like Vader died by accident. Vader didn't choose it. He died because his life support machine was shorted out but um like he did make a lot of active choices to not be this way anymore and to let go of the darkness and to sort of realize that this is not his journey and i feel like that treating that as like a a way to make the galaxy better now 
as a result of his actions because Ray goes back and goes, he's dead. It's like, okay, that's nice. The First Order is still a thing, but at least this guy is gone. Like, mm. feels a little cynical to me. Yeah. But that's just, that's my take on it. All right. So we had one more. Yeah. We had one more that came in late. So we won't spend, we won't talk about it, but I'll just mention it. So at Jedi Geek Girls, it's not a fan of Boba Fett. We know how I love Boba Fett and what they're doing with him, but and we don't have time to get into it. And again, because I see him on another, a different type of villain, not really. All right. So that kind of brings an end to our show. So let me say hi one last time to our friend Obi-Wan Kenori. Odie, you know, he was here last week. He's saying hi. He'll, he'll just get here because of our power outage. Again, Puerto Rico, that happens, unfortunately, a few times a day. Power outage goes mm-hmm. there for hours. But he'll, he'll listen to it later. So thank you, guys, everyone that was in the chat. Thank you, everyone that sent their questions on their villains. Great talk. Thank you, Arsu. Thank you, Ardress. Uh, Arsu, where can people see you and find you? And before you say, you're going to be here again next week, <laughs> our first ever... Uh, trivia challenge, prequel trilogy. So we'll save the the trash talk for later, but can't wait for it. So where can people find you out there? Yeah, no unfair advantage in, in early trash talk. Um, yeah. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Arzu Amin. That's, that's where I am most often. Probably talking about Martian, and if not, I'm definitely talking about Ben Solo. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you can find me on the Geeky Waffle Network pretty widely, writing on the site, on mm-hmm. all of the podcasts, and that's also where my podcast, Space Waffles, is hosted. So... So yes, yeah, pretty general Star Wars talk on there, and those are those are the best places to find me. Oh, and my site—I forgot about that. <laughs> Rz2.com. So that's mostly Star Wars book reviews. There are some other books on there too, but Star Wars deep dives for that right. specifically is not my site. Okay. And Andres, where can people find you and your pod? So uh, I am on Twitter at triple A underscore photog. Um, I tweet pretty sporadically and about very random stuff. Um, my The podcast uh, that myself, Des, Roberto, and Paula are all co-hosts uh, for is Sith D Minutes. So that is our Star Wars and politics. Uh, a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of politics, then randomness as we play different games each week. Um, but that you can find anywhere that fine podcasts are downloaded uh, and curated. All right. So again, thank you guys. Pleasure as always. Love talking to you guys. A lot of fun today. Can't wait for next week. Like like I said, Ars is gonna be here. Hannah is gonna be here. Um, Andrew Geha from Outer Rim Reads, the guys from Inner Galaxy Pod. We have five competitors talking prequel trilogy, trivia championship. It's gonna be great. Just a lot of fun. Uh, and myself at Radio Rebel Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And every new show every Saturday at 5 p.m. And then the audio version comes out on Monday, probably after next week. We'll take a week off because I think I'll need a, a break after next week. But as always, guys, thank you for being here. Stay safe. Be safe. And may the force be with you. Rebellions are built on hope. 